I look back on the time when I first started editing and sometimes I think about the mistakes that I made and it makes me cringe. So no matter where you are in your journey, whether you are just about to start taking up video editing, whether you're already in editing, maybe you've even earning an income from editing. The things that we're going to talk about today are going to be some of the most common mistakes and assumptions that I made and I see a lot of other video editors make in their early years as a video editor. So we've got tons to cover. Let's get going. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Video Editing Podcast from Unsplice. I'm your host, Shiny, and the lead trainer at Unsplice. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are joining me on YouTube, you are joining me live and on Facebook as well. And if you're catching this uh, in a podcast app, then you're catching the recording a little bit later. Um, if you want to see the video, why not head to YouTube and subscribe so you can get notified when the next one comes out. So I've got a lot to cover today. And if you are just starting out your journey and you are trying to move from you're already in a full time role, a nine to five, perhaps, and you're trying to move over to video editing so you can earn a freelance video editing income and find all the freedom that comes with being a freelancer, head to unspice.com because if you sign up to the mailing list, you will get a quick career plan. That is a 19 step plan that helps you go from beginner to your first job as a freelance video editor so that you can transition out of your nine to five and find freedom as a freelancer. So I'm going to start at the beginning because we've got a lot to cover today with the biggest mistakes and assumptions. So these are mistakes, like actual mistakes that I make and I see other people make, but also the kind of assumptions that you might have going in, things that you haven't even done yet um, because perhaps you haven't started, you haven't got to that point in your career, but these are just plain assumptions that you think are truths about freelance video editing are not. The first thing is story can only be done with dialogue. Now, as you probably know already, editing is storytelling. In order to edit well, you need to be able to tell good stories, but you don't need dialogue to be able to do that. You can still, you can tell stories in any edit, whether it's a 10 second commercial or a 90 minute film. You have the ability to tell stories no matter what. We covered that actually in Unspliced Pro on Friday, there was a workshop, uh, how to tell a story in commercials. So storytelling for commercials, which went down really, really well. In fact, um, there's a, a, a framework in that that is just absolutely amazing. And it breaks down how to achieve storytelling using movement, rhythm, and tone. So that's in within Unspice Pro, if that's something that interests you, head there. Uh, so 
that's the first thing. Story beginners assume that story can only be done with dialogue. The second thing is a lot of junior editors, whether they are haven't started yet or they have been even editing for a few years, they undervalue themselves. So you you have an incredible skill set. You as a freelance editor are doing something that your client either can't do or doesn't want to do. You possess an incredible skill set. You're able to take a bunch of videos and create something that is entertaining out of that. You are an artist, you are an artisan, and you should value yourself as such. So when you come up with your pricing, keep in mind just how much value you are bringing to the person, to your client. Don't think about yourself, how much should I be earning? What's my hourly rate? Think about the value that you are bringing to the client, because that is how you should be charging your services. Um, so make sure you're not charging too little. A counter to that is I have some, uh, some people reach out to me who have come up with a, um, uh, come up with a, a rate and they highly overvalue their skills. Now that could be for a multitude of reasons. Um, it could be that they just don't have a lay of the land, or it could be the fact that they've been listening to a load of Christo talk and they're trying to put their value higher than they actually are. You have to understand that there is a scale of value that you work within and you will at some point reach a ceiling of the value that you're able to bring. And let's say, for example, um, and we're talking specifically about non-scripted editing here. So let's talk about commercials, for example. Once you've cut the Super Bowl ad, where is there to go next? There's only so much there's only so high you can go. There is a ceiling of value. So think about how much that person charges. And I can tell you that it's not, you know, tens of thousands a day. And think about um, the bottom rung. And there's somewhere in that you lie and your services lie. So think about the heart, the ceiling, because a lot of people come in and they, they say, they think that they've been editing for 10 years because they started cutting when they were 12 and they've been cutting for 10 years. So I'm pretty experienced, but the reality is that even though you have experience, time does not equal the um, time and repetitions does not equal the amount of value that you can bring because somebody who's been practicing only cutting commercials specific types of commercials, Super Bowl commercials, as an example, who's only ever cut that and nothing else and been doing that for a lot shorter time uh, than a than someone who's been cutting for 10 years doing uh, edits for family, for friends, for YouTube, um, for Fiverr and Upwork and um, clients like this, they are not going to bring as much value to um, as the other person who has only ever cut Super Bowl ads. 
if the client is after a Super Bowl ad. So you have to think about that in your scale. What's your special what's your specialism and what value can you bring to the client based on their brief and where your skill set lies? Hopefully that makes sense. And so moving on to the next point is beginners quite often put too much importance on motion graphics. Motion graphics are fantastic. They're a great way to communicate certain things, great way to punctuate takeaways on a video when it comes to commercials, when it comes to um, when it comes to any kind of social media content. Having titles can really hit some certain points points home. However, learning motion graphics and understanding After Effects, for, for example, is not an integral part of creating an engaging edit. A good edit will keep the viewer watching all the way through. And graphics is only the cherry on the top of that. What's really going to pull someone all the way through to watch the entire thing and engage them is going to be story. And so that should be your primary focus of every single edit you ever make. How is the story? How am I telling this story? Is it an engaging story? How can I make it better? Only then is it worth considering how motion graphics can help tell that story. Motion graphics are not the be-all and end-all. And if you haven't figured out how to tell a story yet, spend your time just focusing on that. Unless you want to specifically be a motion graphics artist primarily who does a bit of editing on the side. That's something else completely. But if you are pitching yourself as a video editor that does motion graphics, then you have to be a good storyteller, first and foremost. Another mistake that a lot of beginners make is that they rely too heavily on effects and transitions. This kind of goes back to the last point, and it's repeating the same principle because first and foremost, the story should be the focus of your edit and nothing else. Telling a great story and engaging the audience and keeping them watching all the way through, that's your duty as an editor. But if you decide to rely on effects and transitions to keep the audience watching, it's going to fall flat that is only gonna last 10 seconds maybe until the viewer gets a bit bored, it gets a bit repetitive and they switch off. That is not an engaging edit and you are doing a disservice to the audience and your client by not creating an edit and telling a story that makes the audience want to watch all the way through. So relying too heavily on effects and transitions is the hallmark of a beginner. Uh, now, next one is using YouTube 
as a resource or as reference uh, for all content creation and editing styles. YouTube caters to an algorithm. We all know this algorithm is very fickle and it rewards um, it rewards punchy content, let's call it that, um, with, for people with short attention spans. And so if you are if you're creating for YouTube, then yes. If you want to create engagement, then you should be following the algorithm and creating for the algorithm. But outside of YouTube and content and just general content creation, those same traits will not serve the same audience. Different audiences follow different platforms. So you have to cater your edit to the platform and to the audience on that platform. So that is something that I see a lot of beginners do when they're just starting out. Of course, most people learn video editing through YouTube. So by spending all your time on YouTube, you become absorbed into this style of editing that is specific to YouTube. But outside of YouTube, uh, that style is not so prevalent. And it can, um, so yeah, you want to consider how you edit for the audience based on the platform you are going to be editing for. Okay, moving on. Beginners very often give too much weight to their software choice. Now, there's a meme page on Instagram, which I run called uh, Video Editing is Hard. And it has really brought to light this rivalry between software users. And I've never seen anything like it. And it's just incredible to watch. So many people get so rattled and really, really protective of their choice of software that they use to, to cut with, their choice of NLE. And it, it, it baffles the mind because, hear me out, they all do the same thing. I know, I know. I've probably rattled a few feathers, but they all do the same thing. And I have no idea why there's an allegiance to any type of software. They just do it slightly differently. And everybody enjoys it differently. It, you know, depends on the edit you're cutting. I personally, I cut with Premiere. Um, I've cut on Avid and I've tried cutting scripted content on Premiere and it was a lot harder than cutting it in Avid. Avid is, is used in scripted, in scripted world and in broadcast. And I think it makes perfect sense the way it's used in scripted. However, would I wanna cut social content in Avid? Hell no, is a nightmare to use. Everything's cumbersome and it's slow. So really is different tools for different things. Um, and don't get me started with the amount of DaVinci Resolve users who are screaming about how incredible it is because it's free. It's great, yeah, it's free, fantastic. And I highly recommend people start learning on that because it's free. Um, but there comes a point where you might outgrow it or you need to, you need a faster workflow. For whatever reasons, 
people choose different software. It doesn't necessarily mean one is better than the other. It just means it suits different people's style of how they like to work. And so that is something that you really don't need to give too much thought to. If you're thinking and you're just pulling your hair out, which software do I learn? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just learn one. If you've got no money, start learning DaVinci Resolve. If you've got a bit of, if you've got some money, or you have already got a license for Photoshop or Illustrator or some other things, or you want access to After Effects as well, then grab yourself an Adobe license. It doesn't matter. Whatever you learn on, they all do the same thing. And eventually you will find, actually, this isn't suiting me. I'll move on to something else. Another mistake that I see a lot of junior editors do is probably the same thing that you've heard every single YouTuber say in the top 10 common beginner mistakes for video editing. And that is cutting on the beat of the music. And that's because it's true. A lot of, you see a lot of uh, juniors do that and just use this as a rule of thumb. Anytime you want to bring attention to something, cut on the beat of the music. Otherwise, don't. That's it. That's a simple rule. If you want to bring attention to something, cut on the beat of the music. Otherwise, don't cut on the beat of the music. Simple. It's not good, bad. That is the rule there. Okay, great. Let's move on. Another mistake that a lot of beginners, especially ones who are just starting out and are still looking for work, is they give Fiverr and Upwork, they think that is the first place to go to, that's the first place they think of to find work. And in all honesty, it should be the last because all the jobs on there are bottom of the barrel, $5, $10. The clients also are bottom of the barrel and they will ask you for so many changes over the smallest things. They don't know what they want. They've never probably worked with, uh, or they don't often work with video editors. They don't understand the process. And so they're probably asking for things that would take you so long to do and they just assume it takes a few clicks. The best clients, you know, if you've heard the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of your income comes from 20% of your clients, that is so incredibly true because your best clients will be the ones that hire loads of video editors who work within post-production, work within the industry. They understand the process and they will give you direct notes and just send you away. You do them, send them a cut and repeat. So think about, uh, don't think about going straight to Fiverr and Upwork for work. Don't think that's the first port of call. That's the last port of call. Okay, running out of time. Let's move on. So another major mistake, and this comes, this is around about finances, but if you are starting out as a freelance video editor, please save for taxes. You have to pay them by law. Be a good citizen. Now, I do want to mention that tax avoidance is not the uh, is not the same as um, not paying any taxes. So, uh, 
being a freelancer and working for yourself, there are some tax benefits. Talk to an accountant because I cannot provide you with financial advice. Um, so speak to an accountant about how, if, as a freelancer, you can um, uh, you can create a situation financially for yourselves where you are optimizing your tax payments. But save for taxes. If you're just starting out and you're just invoicing, make sure you put a chunk of that aside. I put about one third of that every time I get paid, I put aside. And that's how I figured out my situation. So moving on. Now we're going back to the art of editing rather than financial side. And the, one of the main things I see, are not, only junior, not only beginners, but juniors and intermediates they don't think about the relationship of one shot to the next. So every single shot you put on your timeline should have a relation to the one that follows. And that one should have a relation to the one that follows that and so on and so on. That is how you create flow going through your whole edit. Every single shot should be purposeful and not just I'll throw that in as a bit of movement. That would look cool there. That would look cool there. That would look cool there. That would look cool there is the hallmark of a junior. Every single, every single shot should be specifically chosen because it will only work there. If you think about a big jigsaw puzzle, every single piece of the puzzle has a spot. It will only fit at one point at one point in that puzzle and nowhere else. Well, your timeline is a jigsaw puzzle. The, when you start out, all the pieces are scattered everywhere. First you find the edges and the corners, and then you start to find the center. And as you're building together these blocks in the jigsaw puzzle, maybe you piece together someone's head and you find all the pieces of a foot, then you find the torso, you know, you are building these blocks and every single piece, every single shot that you have in your footage library belongs in only one or perhaps two places in your timeline. And you need to make sure it goes only there. That is the hallmark of an expert. They will know exactly where that shot goes and it won't, it'll be better placed there than anywhere else on the timeline. So another thing that a lot of juniors do is they don't recompose music for dramatic emphasis. I see a lot of editors who will just slap music on and wallpaper and edit with music. Just find a track and slap it on. That is not going to create the most engaging edit at all. That is going to create boredom from the viewer. You want to find exactly the piece within that piece of music that whatever that emotion makes you feel within that piece of music, you want to take that and you want to put that in your edit where you want the viewer to feel that same emotion. And then you're kind of, you're taking apart that entire piece of music, finding the bits, moving them around, recomposing the music 
for dramatic emphasis. So anything that you want to emphasize within your timeline, you find the piece of music, the, that part of the piece of music that works to do that best and then stick it in. So the next point is, I see a lot of beginners relying quite heavily on stock footage to fill gaps. I get asked quite often, how, what do you do if you don't have the footage? Well, you have many options. And one of the last ones is stock footage. Stock footage stands out so much. When you, when you put it on an edit, you, see, you can spot a piece of stock footage a mile off. It's really, really, really difficult to find a piece of stock footage that actually sits well with all the other footage. If you want to, you can uh, pull out the other shots. You can look for, you can use titles to fill that gaps. So you can have black. And that's a, that's a technique that I have used many times. You can have black. There's nothing wrong with having black. If you can use it artistically and use it to emphasize something, then use black and have nothing there. And you can also think about if you, if you do need to find stock footage, think about symbolism and how one shot might relate to the next one and so on, rather than just showing, um, you know, a for example, a tree could not only represent nature, but it could also represent growth, growth of a person, um, growth of anything really. <clears throat> and if you put that next to a shot of an apple, then you might be thinking about farming or uh, maybe about Newton because the apple fell on his head. You know, symbolism connects those two shots and gives it a new meaning. So moving on, we have a big consideration when it comes to um, big junior video editors as they are they're building out their portfolio is they don't consider story above all else. And we kind of touched on this earlier. We spoke about um, story only being done through dialogue. Well, that's not true because you can tell a story using any footage whatsoever. Story is the bedrock of every single edit you ever make. That is how you're going to get people watching all the way through to the end. So you want to think about how you can tell a story because that is the most important aspect and that's your job as a video editor. Um, and like I said, we have within Unsplice Pro, there is a course of how to tell a story in commercials and other non-dialogue videos. Head to unsplice.com forward slash pro to check that out. And we also have the next point. I see a lot of juniors. They don't start with the end in mind. So what do we mean by that? Well, if you have tons and tons of footage, then when you want to get that down, let's say you have six hours of footage and you need to make a two minute video, Lord forbid. Well, the thing you need to start with is the end. You have to think about the end. What is the end going to, what's the final film going to look like? What's the takeaway at the end of that film? Think about the end so that you know 
you can fill the gap essentially. You've got the start and you've got the end and then you just want to fill the gap. Whereas I often see a lot of juniors who will start at the start and then bring, bring stuff in and bring more stuff in and they go, I could do that and then I could say that and then I could do that and then that and then that. And then you've got a, an hour long edit for a two minute film because you've just gone, oh, that could work, that could work, that could work, that could work. So think about the end, think about how you're going to wrap up the film, but also the duration of the entire film. And now all of a sudden you've got a frame, you've got a framework, you know how long the film is going to be, and you can only fit in so many things within that time. And you also kind of understand a little bit about the order that this should go in. So uh, think about that when you are the next time you're starting your edit. Now, on March the 31st, there is a workshop within Unspiced Pro of how to get tons and hours of footage down to minutes. So how to find the golden nuggets within your footage. Uh, so if that is interesting to you, if you head to unspiced.com forward slash pro. That's happening on March the 31st. So I want to say a huge thank you to all of you and you especially for joining because um, I really love just sharing this knowledge from, you know, editing commercials and documentaries of 15 years. And I love just sharing this knowledge with you and helping you because resources like this were never around when I was just starting out. So I hope that you have found great value in this. Honestly, I could have kept going. I could have kept writing these. I, I thought I got to stop at this point because this podcast episode is going to go on forever. And it has, we're at 30 minutes now and it's normally 20 minutes. So uh, thank you for sticking all the way through. I hope this has been valuable and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.